Hello and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Um, it's the sixth episode today um, and we're joined by both Jack and Luke. Hello, guys. Hello. Good evening. Um, this week we have the uh, the Paris Masters, so an ATP 1000 event. Uh, last week our events in uh, Nur Sultan in Kazakhstan being won by Milman and in Vienna by Andre Rublev. Um, mm. Once again, we seem to not have huge amounts of success. Um, in our in our own picks, um, but uh, moving uh, moving forward, we'll we'll have a little look at the the Paris Masters this week, which, as I say, an indoor hard event yielding the most points outside of the Grand Slams. Um, we'll go through a number of matches as usual, and then we'll all pick our, our accumulators, our outrights, and our wild cards. Um, so we'll kick things off with what seems to be the the ever present match at the minute. Um, <laughs> On uh, Stan Vavrinka against um, Daniel Evans, uh, Vavrinka coming in at one to two favourite, and Evo um, thirteen to eight underdog. Uh, Stan Vavrinka leads the head uh, head to head four nil. Um, I'll open the floor to you guys on this one to begin with. It's a tasty match. Uh, yeah, I, I I saw this one. Uh, we had this a couple of weeks ago as well, didn't we? This match. Uh, I'm trying to think where uh, a 500 I think is it St. Petersburg oh yeah yeah well sorry yeah 250 it was yeah. Dan Evans had match points I think didn't he and lost like he did it against uh, Umber the day as well I think Dan Evans is probably value here but uh, it's probably not a match that I'd want to uh, bank on in an accumulator especially given the head to head record and Evans's recent struggles to close out uh, closer matches. Um, I think that maybe sometimes boils down to his, his game style. With, he, he doesn't really pick up many cheap points from either the back or with his serve. Mm. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Evans managed to get his first win over Ravrinka here and went deep in the tournament, but probably not one that I'd rely on on a, a first-day accumulator. Yeah, good shout, that. Um, and Luke? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about this one really. I thought Evans would win in um in St. Petersburg and he didn't. Um but I I think he's got a good chance again. He's been he's been playing well recently, but as you said, um losing some tight ones. Uh well Franka lost last week to Christian Garin and whilst I'm a big fan of his, his hard court record is pretty poor. So that's that's a slightly alarming loss. Um, for Stan, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting this one in an, in an accumulator for for either player really. Um, but yeah, I think Dan Evans, a decent single pick. Okay, um, and I, I echo what you both have said about not really being one for an accumulator. The head-to-head still baffles me on this because I, I think Evans has a game that should challenge Vavrinka. Really, I don't think the slice sits up very nicely on his one-hander. Um, or for Varinka's one-hander, sorry, which is where he likes to attack most in the court. Um, and especially on an indoor hard court, Evo has, has the tools really to challenge a lot of the top guys. Um, going to what you said, Luke, about um, what happened last week um, with Varinka against Garin, it, it was a really poor showing. He he lacked the, the, the change-up really in his game that was needed in order to come through a tight one. Green played well, but Vavrinka should never be losing that. Um, and I, I wonder if that's going to be in the back of his mind a little bit. So, um, 
as I say, I'm puzzled as to how the head, head is where it's at, so I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, and at underdog, 13 to 8, maybe a single, not an accumulator, but I would be, I'd be picking Dan Evans if he had to push me one way or the other. Um, so we'll move on to the, the next match, which is um, Miamir Kekmanovic um, taking on the winner last week, John Millman, um, who took his first title, actually. Um, Kekmanovic is slight 8-11 to 11 favourite and Millman 11-10 underdog. I'm going to open up on this one and say um, since he's won that title, um, not Millman, this is, this is Kekmanovic, since he's won his title in Kitzbühel, I think it's almost something that's that's ticked off his list and he, he seems to have slowed down quite a bit. He hasn't looked completely impressive on the indoor hard run recently. Um, sequence of losses quite early on in the events. And John Millman, he he doesn't give you much. He doesn't give you many cheap points at all. And he does possess the ability to to attack shorter balls. So Kekmanovic is going to have to be on his game to win this one. Um, for me, I think John Millman is a great value pick here as underdog. I think he's going to keep the ball in court. And just like happened against Cam Norrie, actually, for Kekmanovic, I think he's going to end up making far too many errors to come out on top. He might pinch a set, but I don't see him winning the match. I don't think he's got the firepower, especially on the, the speed of court that's uh, being quoted at Paris this week, which is quite slow. Um, I don't think he's got the firepower necessarily to to blow Milman off the court. Um, so that's my opinion. Milman is a great, great value underdog. Maybe he can fall on accumulator. Um, and I don't know. So, Luke, do you want to follow on from me here? Yeah, I, I backed Kekmanovic um, against Manorino in Cologne a, a week or so ago, and I really was, was not impressed. Um, he ended up losing in straights. Um, yeah, his, his results have been a bit... Um, Bit um, bit up and down recently, more more down than up actually. Um, yeah, Millman coming coming off the back of his um, maiden title, he's got to be feeling confident, but also, um, you know, fatigue might be an issue, uh, both f- physical and emotional. Um, so, I don't know. I I don't think this is one I'd I'd touch really. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I was kind of agreeing with Luke, and then I, I had a check at the schedule, and the match has been moved till Tuesday, uh, presumably so Milman can get actually get to Paris because I can't imagine that Nurse Sultan to Paris is a quick flight. Um, <laughs> I I think that with the extra day, because uh, when I had to look earlier, this match was originally still scheduled for a Monday, which is far too quick of a turnaround. Uh, I think John Milman will win. Um, Kekmarovic is uh, someone who kind of builds his game when he's playing well on some form of solidity, he has too many days where he's mentally not quite there. And it seems that way at the moment. Um, and if he's playing John Millman, who's playing as well as he is at the moment, I, I don't think he's got much of a chance of winning. Um, but it's hard to tell. I mean, I think both have a chance of winning this match, but if, if it goes how they've both been playing recently uh, and what happens to their games when they're both playing the the way that they are, I'd expect John Millman to, to come through this match. Uh, I think Koric is actually playing all right uh, since since the uh, French Open. And uh, since since uh, Fuxovics did work at the French Open, he's kind of got off the boil a bit. I don't know if it's a bit of mental fatigue or not. And he also goes through runs where he can't really get many results. Um, and I, I expect Koric to be able to come through uh, this match on solidity and Fuxovics not being quite there. Uh, second match, uh, Marcus Jerome to beat uh, Ramos Vinolas at four to nine. 
Uh, Rara Swimming Ice is a clay quarter, so maybe it's it's you know with the slow surface, it can be um, he can do all right. But Jerome's actually quite solid. Um, and seems to be playing quite well on all sorts of different forms of hard courts. He's he's kind of established himself as a top 60, 70 player and on on hard courts. Um, so I think he'll come through that. Ugo Umber to beat Casper Rude, uh, four to eleven. Rude's not very good on the hard court. I know he prefers clay court, and this is quite slow. But Umber's playing well on slow hard courts, like he won the title a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I quite like the pattern of the lefty forehand to Rude's rather dodgy two-hander backhand. Uh, and finally is the Felix one to beat Chilich, like we said. Um, and that comes to 3.64 to 1. Okay, yeah, um, that's actually not bad at all. Um, the one thing, again, I'd be a little bit scared of is Gashke. Um He put together what many have said uh, is his best performance in a number of sort of well, months, if not years, really, against Demonor. Um, Demonor somehow came through that one in um, Antwerp a couple of weeks ago. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I still think you're right. Um, so we'll leave those there and we'll, we'll talk just a little bit quite quickly about our outright picks. Um, yeah. My outright is uh, is the man who can't stop winning um, and I'm surprised that they keep giving him these odds. Um, Andre Rublev, um, eight to one. Damn it. Uh, with no, yeah, <laughs> with no uh, massive names in the draw, really. To speak Rafa, of. Um, you got Nadal, Rafa. but it's an indoor hard court. <laughs> yeah. I, I just said Nadal. I just said Nadal. But to answer me this is, is, is Nadal a force to be reckoned with on an indoor hard court? No, it depends how really. it is. Okay, so very, very similar odds to myself. Um, yep, yeah, I, I like most of those. The only thing I'm, I'm questioning there is your, your Fuxovic's pick. Um, I'm just looking at that, and I watched his second round qualies um, today where he trailed by a set and 4-1 against the very talented Vasek Pospisil, um, who you know I'm a massive fan of, um, and he came back and won it. Uh, so I think that shows where his head's at. He's, yeah, he's zoned not in. a bad win. Um, yeah, not a bad win, for sure. So I'd be I'd be concerned a little bit about that one, but that, that's all. Um, and Luke? Uh, yeah, so I've gone quite, quite bold here. I've gone for six matches, um, a couple of them we already discussed. Um, Felix is in. Um, to beat Chilich one to two, uh, so is Jordan Thompson at four to seven. Um, I've also gone for uh, Philip Krajinovic to beat uh, Feliciano Lopez at two to seven. I just can't see him losing that really. Um, you know, for, former finalist in Paris, he clearly likes the conditions, uh, and he's just he, at the moment he's he's just a, a much better player than. Dan Lopez. Um, I've also gone for uh, Nishioka to beat Anduha at two to seven. Um, again, not not the best odds, but Anduha's um, hard court record record is is terrible. Uh, just having a look at his so his his wins on hard this year, uh, Anduha. Have come against uh, Federico Correa, uh, Andrew Harris, and Donald Young. <laughs> so, actually, sp- speaking of that dark place, I mean, Donald <laughs> Young might be dead in there. I'm not really sure what's happened. To him. <laughs> um, oh dear. But, but yeah, anyway, um, carry on. So yeah, I think Nishioka on a hard court 
you should get the job done. Um, I've also gone for Ugo Umbea to beat Casper Ruud. Um, and finally, I've also gone for Taylor Fritz to beat Richard Gasquet at four to seven. Um, I just think I just think Fritz is. Yeah. Um, he, he's got a very nice all-round game now. You know, he's he's solid off both wings. He's got a massive serve. Um, Gasquet, I, I don't really know where he's at at the moment, but um, he, he's not the player he once was. Um, and you know, there, there'll be no French uh, French fans to cheer him on. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think I think Taylor should no. win that. Uh, and those six matches come in at seven point one five to one. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I think me and Jack think it's value. I think you probably don't, Luke. Um, so we all agree on the eventual winner, but whether we pick it or not, that's that's another interesting one. Probably two to one. So overall, we say we do. Um, that's it, really, for the the interesting first round picks that I've got. That would be uh, potentially value picks. Um, so we'll move on now to our accumulators. Each um, I'll kick things off and nice and quick because they're all ones that we've uh, we've already selected. Um, I think Felix Algerelli has been to beat Chilich at eight to fifteen. I think Manorino to beat Dusan Lajevic at four to nine, and I think Milman to beat Kekmanovic at eleven to ten. All of that coming in as a treble at three point six five to one. Um, obviously, for the reasons we've already said, um, and I've sort of just gone along and I've, I've picked the ones that I don't see. I don't see losing. Um, I think the, the question mark there would be Milman. I think he's probably more sixty forty. Um, but I think Felix and uh, Manorino they shouldn't have have too many issues. Um, so that's my accumulator. Uh, Jack, do you want to say yours next? Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I've actually found some decent matches uh, on the first day only. Uh, so I've got uh, Borna Chorich to beat Fuksovics at four to seven. Okay. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. I see what you're saying. Um, and, uh, yeah, Milman for me, good pick. Uh, so moving on to the, the next one then. Uh, another finalist last week, Adrian Manorino, taking on Dusan Lajevic, who exited first round against... Lorenzo Sonego, who did have a great run. Uh, Manorino at 4-9 favourite and Lajevic 7-4 underdog. Um, Lajevic leads the head-to-head 3-1, of which he leads 2-1 on the hard. Um, I'll open up on this one again. Um, I think Manovic, uh, sorry, Manovic. Um, I think Manorino is going to win this match. Um, Lajevic looked really bad last week against Sonego. I know he had a great week, but I still think Sonego shouldn't have won that opening round. I don't think he played well. Um, Lajevic looked like there was maybe a, a bit of an injury worry going on in the background. Um, his one-hander seemed to, to sit up on the hard court, which is a real issue. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of longer rallies. And again, I don't think Lajevic has the, has the firepower necessarily to break down Manorino, who, um, interestingly, in today's final in Nur-Sultan, uh, the average rally length was sticking around about 10, 10 shots per rally, God. which is ridiculously <laughs> high for an indoor hardcore match. So um, if that sums up the game style that he's going to look to employ, um, I think we're in for an absolute grind. And uh, <laughs> Lajevic is going to struggle because he, he's not going to break him down easily. Um, so I think Manorino, 4-9, to nine, it's not great odds, but I think he'll win. Okay, so handing over to you guys. 
yeah, there's no way I'm putting this in the accumulator. I mean, Manorino is kind of tough to judge it at the the best of times. I mean, I know the form is is good and maybe not so good with Lajovic, but uh, Lajovic is. I think if he plays okay, I think Lajovic has the game style. I think I think he's clever enough to not fall into Manorino's basically the ATP equivalent of junk balling. I've called it in the past. Um, Lajovic is is a bit. He's, he's got quite a lot of variation. I, I think if he plays all right. Um, he's got a chance, and I don't really bank on him playing dreadfully. So, um, Malarino is rightful favourite, but it's not one that I'll be putting in for sure. It's hard to read, in my opinion. Yep, fair enough. And on to you, Luke. Yeah, I, I watched um, Lajovic against Senego, and he was terrible. Um, m- making so many errors, like, he he wasn't bringing out the, the classic one-two of the, of the serve out wide, and you know, putting it into the empty space enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think Manorino will win. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll just make too many balls and make life uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I also watched Manorino against uh, Kekmanovic a few weeks ago, and I was pretty impressed with Manorino's level. Um, yeah, four to nine is not, not amazing odds. Um so yeah, this this not in it's not in my accumulator, but I I think I think Manor, you know, will win. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So we're all in agreement there. Uh, Manorino gonna win, whether or not we pick him or not is hit and miss. But okay. Um. Next one, I would be surprised if any of us disagree. Um. Felix Alger Aliassim taking on Marin Cilic. Uh, <laughs> Felix the youngster coming in at. Eight to fifteen uh, favorite, so just underneath one to two, um, and Chilich six to four underdog. Chilich does lead the head-to-head one nil, but I think as you'll probably explain to everyone listening, that's the Chilich of old that we're talking about there, and also not the Felix of now. Um, so I'll let one of you two open up on this. Hmm. I can hear alarm bells. They they are screaming value <laughs> here. On. Felix or Jer Aliassim. Uh, apart from Clay, I think that slow indoor hard is where he's most dangerous. Um, he's he he likes to have time on the ball, um, and he really struggles without it. And I suspect, to be honest, Chilich isn't even like taking the ball on that often anymore and stuff like that. So I, I think that Felix will have too much for him in the current form he's in. Um, I expect in Felix's career he'll actually do all right at this time of year because they are generally slow, hard courts in the right at the end of the year. Um, so yeah, I'd expect uh, Felix for sure to come through here, and and the value is is probably good enough for uh, some Akka fodder. I would have said. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll say my thoughts and feelings in a bit, but I see what you mean. Uh, and Luke, yeah, I think sadly Chilich is on a. A one-way train to Gilles Simon's dark place at the moment. Um, you need a new inhabitant. Yeah, well, Carl, Ed- Carl Edmonds yeah. already. Gilles Simon found his way Carl- out. <laughs> Carl Edmonds set up shop there for the time being, so <laughs> <laughs> he can join him. Um, yeah, this, I, I actually missed this match when I was um, looking for stuff in my Acker, but yeah, I, I think Felix will win. He's been playing pretty well at the moment. Um, although losing last week in round one to Pospisil. Um Yeah, Chilich is, is not playing well at the moment. 
Um, so yeah, I feel it's good value uh, here for me. Yep. Okay. On the surface in this match, um, you can look at the form and say Felix is in good form. Chilich is in bad form. Straight away, I, I agree. I second that. Chilich, as you say, he he's entered that, that dark, dark cave and I don't know if he's going to find his way out of it. Um, he seems to be spraying balls everywhere, every match that he plays and doesn't seem to have a plan B. So straight away, you don't even need to know tennis to say Felix is probably going to win this match based on that. It's a, the odds are probably where they are based on the fact that Chilich is a big name. People know him, probably don't know Felix if they don't follow tennis. Um, but the other thing I will say is that Felix really impressed me in Cologne with his ability to actually come forwards and finish points. When he found it tough, he hit big into the open space and came in behind, keeping the short points, um, sort of, no, sorry, keeping the, oh my God, keeping the points short, um, and finding ways to to hit through on the slower indoor hard. So it's encouraging to see him sussing out opponents that he wouldn't normally be able to do. Yes, he's got the firepower to beat most people anyway. But um, against someone like Chilich, who, who could switch it on, I even think that Chilich playing near to his best would, would still struggle here. So, yeah, extreme value on Felix, how, how was you already seen. Um, so our penultimate match that we'll cover um, this week is Jordan Thompson, uh, taking on Federico Del Bonis. Mm. Uh, Thompson, four to seven favourite. Del Bonis, 11 to eight underdog. Um, and Thompson leads the head one. Uh, Thompson leads the head to head one nil. Um, that was on a hard court um, in which Thompson won in three. Um, this is a bit of an interesting one. Um, I'm going to open up on it and say, I think Del Bonis has a chance. Um, I don't want to read too much into... Uh, previous sort of hard court form of Del Bonis because I don't think he's played that much on the surface and I want to look at how he's been playing in the uh the challenger last week and um on the uh the the hard during his qualifying campaign he had a big win against Hanfman although that was injuries possibility I don't know whether Hanfman retired just because he was getting spanked or if there was something actually going wrong um but because it's a bit slower, it mimics a little bit more so what you'd expect from the clay court, which I think is why we've seen some success in the clay players in the qualifying draw anyway. Um, and the fact that Del Bonis, he has an aggressive clay court style. It's not somebody who's just looking to, to hack, basically. I think he could cause Thompson some issues. And 11 to 8, it's not, not the best odds in the universe. It's not much I'd be touching anyway, I don't think. But um, if I was going either way, maybe Del Bonis is underdog. Um, so I'll leave that one there for me and I'll, I'll hand over to, to you, Jack. Uh, yes, it's interesting actually, because I, I looked at this and I had my opinion. I didn't think there was any way you were going to bring it up here in your selection, but it's interesting you have. Um, and I think that Del Bonis is going to win as well. Um, Norrie's for at uh, Norrie, uh, Thompson's form, sorry, is, is not, uh, is not great. I mean, I think I said a bit before about when players like his style get into a hole, it's kind of hard to get out of it because there's no free cheap points or there's no there's no easy way of winning. Um, and I think that he's also a player that prefers it a little bit quicker than this. Um, his one win in his last five came in, and he's been rubbish in all of the, the ones I saw. It was a lucky one against Cam Norrie, who's a similar sort of style. If Cam Norrie's not playing well either, it's often atrocious um, for the same reasons as what I mentioned about Trophy. Uh, Trophy? Thompson. Um, so 
I think Dalbonis with his big hitting style, and I think he, he'll kick the ball up quite high to, to Thompson, which he, he is he doesn't like that. He prefers the ball a little bit lower. Um, he's very sort of almost army in his technique, which means he it, it's you know he usually uses his, his mostly arm on his on his shots, which means I think he prefers it in a lower wheelhouse. Um, while Delbonis has is, is got a lot of RPMs on, a, a, on serve and especially on forehand. So I think I actually expect him to win this match, um, to be honest. Yep. No, I, I pretty much what you said there technically is is what I was getting at. Um, and I just mean the outcome on the ball is pretty spectacular from Delbonis. So I think he is one of the guys who's going to be able to hit through on the slower court. Um, and uh, Luke? Um, I disagree. I really don't rate Delbonis on a hard court. Um, as he, in qualities, he beat uh, Andre Martin and and got a retirement against Hampfman. Um, I, I watched Thompson against Norrie and I was, I was actually quite impressed. Um, even, even though he was, he looked like he might have been carrying an injury. He, um, I mean, he he did well to come through that. Although Norrie did. Did slightly choke it a bit, um, and he was he was hitting some pretty big forehands. Um, so I, I think he he might be able to hit through um, even the even the slow conditions. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm back I'm backing Thompson here. He's in my acker. Okay, yeah, yeah uh, interesting. So we agreed. yeah <laughs> we agreed to disagree on this one. Um, and that leads us on to our, our last match, which is um, Hubert Herkash um, against Radu Albot, the lucky loser. Um, Herkash 2-5, to five, Albot 2-1. to one. Albot leads the head-to-head 1-0. Um, I'll kick us off on this one because I actually watched Albot in the, um, the qualifying today. Um, and he was terrible. He was really very bad. Um, he made a lot of errors for somebody whose game is making a lot of balls. Um, yes, I would have expected Gombos to win that one anyway, to be honest, but, um, got lucky to win a set, even Albert did there. Um, he choked big moments. He, he didn't make enough balls to, to challenge, uh, Gombos. And, uh, given that he's, he's shown what he can do on this surface now, and it wasn't great. I don't think that lends itself well. Herkash was not fantastic last week out, um, losing to eventual finalist Sinego, um, seven, six, seven, six. Uh, showed a bit of a lack of bottle in the bigger moments, uh, double faulting a couple of times in those tie breaks, um, and just generally making a few more errors than I'd expect. But um, I think in a match like this, he's he's going to have time on the ball and he's going to hurt Albot. Um, and I mean, if Albot's not making balls, then he's not going to beat anybody. So um, Herkash, I don't think, is going to get broken that often. Albot is, and I think that's going to be the difference here. Um, Herkash, great value, two to five, in my opinion. Um, so that's my thoughts, and over to you guys. Ah, uh, so our bot's uh, lucky loser, then I take it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. He, he, he won his first round quite comfortably, I believe, in qualies, and then um, lost to Gombos this morning. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he is another guy who prefers uh, like his best service is grass, basically. So he's another guy who prefers a a ball. Uh, Sort of around his hip area and below, and and a quick court, which neither of these two, neither of this surface brings. Um, her cash, to be fair, that result against Senego looks not as bad as it was at the time. In hindsight, um, I, I'd expect. Yeah, you're right. I'd expect uh, her cash to come through here. Generally, a solid, 
player who doesn't really lose too many matches that he shouldn't do. Um, Albot's not really quite... I, I think he had a quite a bad injury or, or a, a relatively long time out just before lockdown. Um, it hasn't really looked quite where he was before. Um, sort of in 2019, he won his first title and stuff like that. Um, and I think that Herkash has obviously got the bigger game, the bigger ceiling. Um I'd expect Urkaj to be able to come through this match um, relatively comfortably. Um, just, just we'll just have too much, I think. We'll find some cheaper points, and um, his breeze would be solid. So I think on the on the slower core, if he's not hitting through, I think he can he can match Albot in terms of cutting down the errors as well. So yeah, I see him. T- I see him being able to win this. Yeah, spot on. Um, and Luke. Uh, yeah, her, her cash uh, against Senego was one of the worst bottles I've I've seen for a while. Um, le- leading leading full love in the tiebreak. Um, Tommy Paul. <laughs> yeah, that 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 wasn't good either. Um, but especially I remember at five three, he had a a sitter of a volley right on top of the net and, and missed, and then he he double faulted at six all. Um, other than that, he he wasn't impressive really. He wasn't making enough first serves, not getting as many uh, cheap points as you'd expect. Um, having said that, though, Albot's in pretty poor form, and I think he he should still win. But at two to five, it's it's probably it's probably not one that I'd I'd go for. I don't think Nadal's going to have a great a great week. Really, I don't think he's going to make the final. Personally, I think it odds are atrocious at two to one. Um, but um, yeah, Rublev, he on an indoor hard court, especially if it's a little bit slower, it's idyllic for him. I cannot see anyone in this draw beating him right now, unless fatigue comes into it or injuries or, or anything like that. Um, it's going to take an inspired performance to beat him. So that's my pick. Um, I'm guessing you had the same one there, Jack. Yeah, I mean, he's the best player in the world at the moment. I'm not joking. He is the best player in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. So to have him at eight to one or whatever you just said, yeah, yeah, fine, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, Luke, do you want to share yours? Sure. And I'll, um, I'll share mine yeah, last. I, was th- I was considering Rublev as well, um, but I thought I'd go for someone slightly different and go for Alex Verov at ten to one. I think that's. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that's great! Oh, oh yeah, Sorry, I, I th- carry on. I, I... No, I love I, it. I, think... I love it. Are He's you... going to win. Have you read the news this week? Uh, well, I was, I was, I was going to come up. that. Um, but yeah, um, Zverev won, um, won both the titles in Cologne. So he's clearly playing pretty well. From the, from the bits I saw, it seemed like he was playing playing very, very well. Um, you know, he'll have similar, similar conditions to Paris, obviously. Um, he... Uh, didn't play Vienna last week, so he'll be fresh. Um, however, the, his uh, his recent personal issues might uh, may affect him. That that remains to be seen. Um, and also, he does have. Uh, I think he has Rublev in the quarters, which is not um, as as you said. I, I think I think he is probably the best player in the world at the moment. Um, it's been a good matchup for Zverev in the past, to be fair. I think he's got like a four-love head-to-head against Rublev or Has something. So Rublev's you never he's, know. A, he's a different animal yeah. these days. But with uh, also with Rublev, he yeah. he has um he's played a hell of a lot of um, 
tennis recently, he, he might burn out, which often happens to people in, in Paris. He, I think he's already qualified for London, so there's a bit less of an incentive. And, you know, if, if he picks up a, you know, a small injury, he might, um, you know, want, want to save himself for, for the ATP finals. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, I think Alex Ferrer 10 to 1 is good odds. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting point, actually, you made about the World Tour finals. Um, like, th- there are some players who are potentially on the borderline, you know, sort of like a Jack Sock situation a few years ago, where if they win the tournament or make the final or something, they have a chance. I think there's, uh, like, Berrettini is quite close. Um, and I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but I don't think Berrettini... Berrettini's not showed some form in a while now, so... I don't expect him to um, get there. Swartzman, I think, is quite close to the cut. Yep. Yeah, so, Luke, um, I, I actually really like the pick as Zverev. He's my favourite player anyway. Um, despite the stuff that's going on in the news, I think it's great conditions for him. He hasn't lost a match in a long time. Um, so, yeah, why, why not? Um, Jack, I know you had Rublev, but um, if you want to change it, now's your time. So... Uh, yeah, no, I had uh, I had some other options anyway because uh, I figured one of you would say Rublev is a very logical pick. Uh, I thought Luke's point about players being either in the World Tour Finals or or close to it was interesting because this is usually you might get like a Jack Sock situation where a player might um, you have a great week and just qualify out of nowhere. Someone like Swartzman's borderline Berrettini. Um, I, I don't know if Milos Raonic can make it, um, but so, but someone like that. But my uh, outright for this week is not one of the favourites. It's a 40-to-1 pick, and it is Borna Korich. Um, I think that... I've actually been quite impressed, because I think it was... Was it post-lockdown? He came back, and he did not look good. I think he went out... You go out first round of the French. Um, definitely a, a slam. He went out opening round to maybe Norbert Gombos off the top of my head. Um, but I think that... Uh, he's been quite impressive. He made the St. Petersburg final for the second year in a row. Um, and he's been quite good in Paris before. I think he either made the semis or the final one year. I remember him being Federer there. Um, I think conditions are all right for him as well. Um, I think that it's he generally prefers a slower court. Um, and his results generally have been best on hard court. So a slow hard court will suit him well when... It's a bit of a wild punt, but um, I think he's got a, a good chance this week. And uh, we know that he can, he's can. he got the head-to-head record against the best players if he needs to, and he's playing well. Um, so if he comes through the, the first fixed service match, he's got Thompson versus or Del So Bollis. Jordan Thompson, then. So um, I think he's got a great... Uh, so, yeah, so I'd say <laughs> maybe Del Bonis. Um, <laughs> so it, 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 it is Rafa in the third round. But um, it is someone who he has a two-all two head-to-head matchup with. And on paper, it's a good tactical matchup for him. So um, I think he has a good chance. And I think 40-1 to 1 is, is decent odds and quite an open and unpredictable draw this week. Okay, so my pick is Borna Koric at 40-1 four to, okay, cool. to one each yeah, way. Okay, so I, I can see what you're saying on Koric. I don't think he's going to win. But um, yeah, I, I can see see where, you, where you're going. Um and that leads us on to our, our wildcard pick. I mean, Jack, yours is already pretty wild. Um, but my, my wildcard pick is somebody <laughs> who I've picked a couple of times in the last few weeks, um, Milos Raonic um, at 20-1. to 1. Slow hardcore, I think his serve's going to still do the job and it's going to give him the chances to, to hit big winners, providing his abdominal injury, which uh, ruled him out of the Antwerp semifinals, has cleared up. Um, 
he's got to be one of the big names in this draw. Um, he's going to challenge anyone, really. I watched a video the other day that was all of the top players basically saying what they feared most in the world. And the Brownwich serve was quoted by at least half of them. So, um, in reality, it's as simple as that. 20 to 1, good value. That's my wild card. Um, on to you guys. Yeah, so uh, my wild card this week is Sam <laughs> Query to make a dramatic appearance. <laughs> what are the odds on that? Uh, I believe it's in the region of oh. 200 million to one, but uh, I'll have and... to look that one up for you. Um, no, uh, yeah, as you said, mine is, is quite wild. Would you like me to come up with another one or would you like me to come up with a more sensible one and just go against the curve? No, uh, no I mean, if you would like, what we, um, what we can do is we can have your wild card and your outright as the same thing. <laughs> Oh, come oh, on. I need to oh, spread my bets. All right, pick That's another one then. Pick another wild card. Oh, tempting stuff. Um, so I have actually had a look at this. And I, I quite like the look of... Um, oh, it was him, yeah. I quite like... A, this is this is another brave one. But Ugo Umber, uh, uh, it is 50 to 1. Uh, I think he's playing great tennis. Um and I think in an open draw such as this, um, I think this is arguably an even wilder one than the Courage one. But I think um, this draw is really open. I think a, a win on a slower hardcore a couple of weeks ago was was a, a nice stage for him of development because he's. I, well, he, I would have thought he had he had he'd have a game better suited to quick courts, but um, I think he he has a chance of going deep this week. Um, so I'll stick with him as my wild yep, wild. Fair player. enough. And Luke finishes off. Um. Yeah, I'm, I might have a, I might have two wild cards if that's all right because my wild card last week uh, withdrew. So yeah, go on then. I'll, I'll let you have two. <laughs> so uh, my wild card is actually the same as last week. It is um, the diminutive Argentinian Diego Schwartzman at well, he was 33, but it's just changed to 28 to one. Um. As you say, he's he's on the cusp of making London. I think he's in eighth place at the moment, but hasn't hasn't qualified yet. Yeah. Um, so that's that's more incentive for him to go deep. Um, Paris, as you said, has a has a history of slightly random champions like uh, like Jack Sock, like Kan Kachanov, or even people like um, like Thomas Burditch and David Ferrer in um, in years gone by. Um, he's he. Rested last week, so he'll be he'll be pretty fresh. Uh, and he's also in the in the easier half of the draw. He doesn't. There's no Nadal. There's no um, no Zverev or Rublev. Um, and yeah, he's playing some great stuff at the moment. So I don't, I don't see why he can't uh, do some damage in this draw. And um, yeah. my other wild card is going to be. Philip Krajinovic, 66 to 1. Why not? Former finalist, he's going to go one better this year. Okay. Yep. There's some bold shouts. Yeah, uh, go on, Jack. Can I, I, this isn't particularly wild, but uh, I I actually think Rafa's got quite a good chance this week. I think think it's a different kettle of fish to usual. By the time he gets like October, his knees are usually battered. And he's trying to save himself for the World Tour Finals before and never to be pulling out after losing in the first round. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Jack. I'll, I'll give um, you two wild cards as well. 
Um, you can have Chorich as one of yours, as well as uh, Humbert. And how about you have Rafa as your outright? Yeah, I actually think Rafa's got half a decent chance this week. Um, Touchwood, his uh, second indoor hard title in all the years he's played. Can you believe it? Shocking. He's only won one. I know. But yeah, I think he's got a real chance this week. I think it's a different kettle of fish to usual because of lockdown and, and him assumedly yep. being fit. His jaw's also okay. very good. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> there we have it then. So um, that's all of our, our picks. We've got some interesting ones there actually this week. Um, and we'll, we'll leave it there. So follow our, our Twitter at Serving Up Clutch for, for more um, daily tips, really, and in-play tips. Um, we have a football podcast that's uh, went out on Friday. Um, so give that a listen. Um, and we'll have, uh, hopefully, some, some articles coming out during the week as well um, for this Masters 1000 event. So give those a read. Um, and, yeah, uh, hopefully you enjoyed listening. And thank you, guys, for, for joining me again. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. No Thanks for having us, Charlie. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. All the best. Till next time.